0: Are you a crappy partner, crappy wife, crappy husband, crappy mate? This podcast is for you. Give yourself the gift of self-awareness, learn new skills, take the time to assess your partnership, marriage, relationship, etc. So how are we going to do this? Start by taking the crappy mate quiz. The quiz can be found on our website, www.crappymate.com on Pinterest, Mate. Instagram and Facebook, Crappy Mate Podcast. We will dedicate episodes to discussing the quiz topics. In further episodes, we will be exploring common problems, the speed bumps that occur in relationships. Also, we will introduce time-tested skills and helpful hints to enhance your relationship. And we invite you, our listeners, to contribute your thoughts, questions, or concerns regarding relationships. Welcome to the Crappy Mate Podcast. I'm Dr. Richard Vance Barnes, MD. I'm a board-certified general psychiatrist with 25-plus years in psychiatry. I have treated patients in a variety of settings, both inpatient units, outpatient units, partial hospitalization units, as well as detoxification programs and rehabilitation programs, and I've had a private practice for many, many years.
1: And I'm Barbara Quaid, a marriage and family therapist. I also have over 25 years' experience working with families, individuals, and couples. And my life as a therapist has been both humbling and joyful. Before we get started, I'd just like to talk about our disclaimer The Crappy Made podcast is designed to be a useful tool to help individuals and couples have happier and healthier relationships. This podcast is not a substitute for individual or couples therapy. And as always, relationships need to be safe. Seek professional help as needed.
0: The Crappy Mate Podcast was developed out of hearing years and years of stories and accounts from patients in therapy about their mates and themselves actually being crappy mates and poorly behaving within a relationship. And so this concept was then developed into a podcast of how can we help people to actually improve upon their relationships.
1: And so in order to do this, we've developed a quiz and the quiz we really thought about some concepts that we thought were important in a relationship. And so the Crappy Mate quiz ended up being a 10 question self scoring assessment that can be found on our Facebook page. And our Facebook page is aptly named the Crappy Mate Podcast. And along with the quiz, you will find a glossary with the terms we use both in the podcast and on the quiz. And this is so we can all be on the same page. Now, to score the quiz, you will read each question carefully and then ask yourself Do I do this? Almost always, sometimes, or almost never. And when we thought about this, the scoring is like this. Almost always is worth three points. Sometimes, two points. And almost never, one point. So once you have your total points, you add them up. And a score of 10 to 17 clearly indicates that one needs improvement. A score of 17 to 24, one has a degree of awareness, but improvement can still be beneficial. And a score of 24 to 30, one is aware, insightful, and acting in a positive manner as it pertains to the relationship. So today we're going to talk about fair fighting. And I know in sessions this is really something that comes up a lot with couples. You know, they have fights that are pretty much the same fight over and over again.
0: I call this my fighting rules for couples actually because couples partners mates et cetera, they need to have a, a ground rules. They need ground rules for how to fight correctly so that this way they can preserve the love and the respect that they have for one another without really destroying each other's character and putting people down and making for a greater issue outside of the issue itself that they're actually fighting and arguing about.
1: So we know what doesn't work. We obviously know what doesn't work. And I think for a lot of couples, it's bringing back up old arguments. You know, arguments they've had for years.
0: I have a term for that. I call those people that bring up arguments from the past and disagreements from the past. I call them kitchen sink fighters. And the reason why I call them kitchen sink fighters is because they like to throw all of the past issues, pile them way high in the emotional sink, and use those uh, items, those disagreements, those unresolved discussions and controversies to fight. With their partner, with what will happen essentially is that you'll have an issue at hand that you are arguing with your partner, made spouse with, and suddenly you'll hear things from the past. Oh, you did that three weeks ago, four years ago when you were arguing with me, you said this, you said that. And it seems as though these issues from the past have not been resolved, so they keep coming forward into the present-day argument and relationship.
1: And along with that, people use words like always and never. So you are always like this, or you never help me with such and such. And so that adds to the kitchen sink.
0: It does, and it, in most cases, it infuriates the partner that has been called, you know, you always do this, or you never do this. In some ways, I look at that as being somewhat disrespectful as well, because how can anyone be 100% always or 100% never? That just simply doesn't happen in most cases. However, during the heat of an argument, we will say all sorts of things about our partners.
1: I think that's right. We're at our worst when we're arguing like that. And then we bring out the worst in our partner at the same time because they need to defend themselves if you're saying you always do this or you never do that.
0: It comes to mind also some of the couples that I've had in therapy in which, you know, one of the partners is a kitchen sink fighter. And it's just amazing how many items are piled into that sink of disagreement. It really comes down to, whether or not you want to reserve and keep the love that you have for your partner, the respect that you have for your partner, your mate, your spouse, etc. Learning how to fight correctly is really a key aspect into maintaining the love that you have and, and resolving the conflict in a way that preserves the respect that you have for one another.
1: And since none of us took Relationships 101, most of us don't know that there are better ways to resolve issues.
0: Barbara, when I think about resolving the issues, I have a blueprint, and I call it the fighting rules for couples. I believe you had termed it fair fighting. But the essence of it has some key elements to it that I would like to bring about and discuss with our listeners here today. First and foremost, try to avoid being a kitchen sink fighter. If you have issues that you've dealt with in the past, they should remain in the past, and you should have resolved those. Because if you don't resolve those issues from the past, how are you going to ever go forward into the future?
1: So that's number one, stick to the issue at hand.
0: Stick to the issue at hand. Do not go back. Do not become a kitchen sink fighter. If you continue to go backwards, how are you ever going to go forwards?
1: And it's hard to stick to the present issue, but it's really about what's going on presently. And can we resolve this using our words, being respectful of the other person, and just looking at this from every angle?
0: When you think about this in terms of maintaining the respect and resolving the conflict, there is some basic humanistic rules that I like to enforce with my couples, and the first of those rules is when you're engaged in a discussion, an argument, a heated exchange, try to stay respectful of your partner. And so that means no name-calling, no yelling, no screaming, and obviously Physical aggression is a no-no, and it's not to be condoned or displayed in any shape or form. Relationships still always have to remain safe.
1: Also, it's not just directly calling somebody a name, but it's that indirect name-calling. So if I were to say, well, that was really stupid, I am basically saying, I think you're stupid.
0: This very point happened to me as I was driving with my spouse, and I was trying to find this particular restaurant, and I wasn't quite sure where it was located, and I had turned to my spouse and said, do you think I should make a turn on this street? And she looked at me and said, well, that's stupid. Why are you going to turn here now? And I looked at her, and I said, we don't really talk to one another this way, because I think what I heard from you is that I'm stupid for wanting to turn at this particular junction on the road. So I think you make a very, very valid point, Barbara, in terms of being careful in terms of the words that you're using, because they can infer that you are being called a certain way or your partner's being called a certain way. So we want to be careful with the language and how we are using our words.
1: And I think in this day and age, too, a lot of people curse. Some people curse more than others. But I think when you're talking to your partner, you really don't want to do that.
0: That's the respectful behavior that we would want people to demonstrate. No cursing, no yelling, no screaming. No name calling as well. I'm not going to call you outside of your name and try to in some ways assassinate your character while I'm doing it. I uh, know because I'm, if I'm angry, well, I have to be respectful of you still because after all, I care about you and I have professed my love to you and I want to stay respectful. So cursing and yelling and screaming, all of those forms of behavior, they were not acceptable.
1: They're frankly abusive they So how do we do it? You know, it's the heat of the moment. I'm angry about something. How do we just put all these rules into play?
0: Well, first and foremost, I always hand my fighting rules for couples going through similar items. Basically, we want to be respectful. We want to not name call. We want to be able to treat each other, and speak to one another in a respectful manner. One of the key elements to the fighting rules that I have for my couples, and something that I think we really need to look at is, when we're not getting anywhere with this discussion, with this resolution of the argument, I want my couples to take a timeout. And a timeout looks like this. You say to one another, look, we're really not getting anywhere with this. We're seemingly going around in circles on this. And why don't we do this? Why don't we take an hour out? Why don't we take two hours? Let's agree upon a time that we will take individually to process and to think about what the disagreement's about and what we're so heated about. And then we'll come back together and discuss the issues at hand.
1: I love that. One of the things I tell couples is to come up with those kinds of rules beforehand. So, certainly not when you're in the midst of the argument, let's take two hours. It's almost like you planned it before and you said, for me, it's really hard. I need time to think about things. I think when we get in an argument and it's time out, I'm going to need at least an hour.
0: Again, I think the key aspect to that is to discuss that with your partner and say, okay, let's take some time. Let's use this time to individually come up with. Ideas about how we could resolve things, what we are feeling about things. But the idea is that you agree upon the specified time that you want to take to be able to process and to think about what it is you're so heated about or what your partner is so heated about.
1: And if you think that you're too heated up, I would use signaling. In sports, they use a timeout, which is basically a tea that you make with your hands. And so that signals to the other person, I need a timeout.
0: I think it's important to really have that timeout. What I find most often is I get reports in therapy about how a couple will be discussing something and they really can't come to a resolution, and one of the partners will just take off and say, look, I can't resolve this right now. I don't want to discuss it any further. And they'll take off to another room, another area of the house. They may even leave the home. They may go into the bathroom and shut the door and lock the door. Because of that, frequently I will hear in response is, oh no, we are not going to leave this scene right now. We're going to resolve this the way we need to resolve it right now. We're not going to put this off. There are feelings on both sides of this equation in terms of the distancer, the person who is trying to get away, and then the pursuer who is trying to pursue and track down and get to the bottom of this and finish off this argument.
1: And that really is a tinderbox, actually. That's why it behooves us to think about these things beforehand and talk about having timeouts and how long it would take and how to come back peacefully together and discuss whatever it is that is the discussion for the day.
0: The comeback is really, in my opinion, the the most important because when you come back, you need to... Show your partner, show your mate, your spouse, et cetera. Show them that you have been listening and that you are respectful of what their opinion is. In most cases, what I tell my couples to do, my patients to do, is to state what your partner's concerns are first and be clear about what it is they may be having a problem with. And so when you do that first, when you come back after your timeout, it really shows that you've been listening and that you are concerned with how they're feeling and you're being respectful for what their concerns are, what their issues are with you.
1: One of the ways I do that is also to ask tentatively. So did I hear that correctly? Is this what is going on for you. And when you do that, you offer the other person a chance to clarify or to state where they're at. And like you said, it's all about respect. And that person is going to feel respected if their partner is asking, is this what's going on for you?
0: Mm -hmm. I think that is the way that I want my patients to come back to the discussion and For me, it's also an aspect where people are now somewhat humbling themselves and being able to come out of their positions, to come off their high horses at times. They're getting down to the grass level, and they're being able to talk about and express their concerns, but they're doing so in a way that's very respectful, and they're going to be heard more likely if they're showing that they're concerned for what their partner's issues are.
1: So what we're asking people to do is to make a commitment to working on these little issues, little or big issues.
0: And I think the commitment is is really the key. And as we've talked about in earlier podcasts, you have to practice. You know, it's about good mental health, good relationships, really resolve around discipline being able to stay in track and stay informed with what works, you know, what's healthy, what is appealing to the relationship, what bolsters the quality of the relationship. And so we have to repeat those. And so it's about practice, it's about repetition, and it's about being able to hang in there and continue to do the work, actually.
1: And putting your ego away for a little while.
0: Ah, the socks in the drawer trick.
1: I like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take your ego, put it in the drawer, take your socks out in the morning. It helps you to stay humble, but it also helps you to be seen as more human and more appealing in some respects.
1: And more caring.
0: More caring as well.
1: Because we know we chose our partners because we want to have a good relationship. And we forget about that in the heat of the moment sometimes.
0: Yes, we do. And, and we've all been there where we've gotten so out of hand and how our thoughts are being broadcast. We want our thoughts to be heard. And sometimes we get a little overboard with that and we get a little out of hand. And once emotions get heated, it becomes much more difficult to control those.
1: So we recognize that conflict resolution is a key to a long and happy relationship. And so some helpful hints for today are, number one, stick to the issue at hand. And that's the issue that's happening presently. Number two, refrain from all name-calling. And that's either directly name-calling or name-calling by association. Number three, no yelling, screaming, cursing, and of course, no kinds of aggression. And then number four, allow for timeouts. Individuals need timeouts to regain composure or to think about what just happened. And so timeout should be agreed upon at a time when both people are calm and can talk about it. And then the most important part is coming back to the discussion. And the discussion is restating the partner's position and then stating your own position as well.
0: Yes. Thank you for that, Barbara. And what I'd like to do is perhaps in our next podcast, I'd like to maybe demonstrate some of these techniques and behavioral approaches to this resolution of conflict. I think that it, it'll become much more clearer to our listeners how they can actually enact this during their own discussions and heed it verbal fisticuffs in closing the podcast today i just want to remind our listeners of our disclaimer the crappy mate podcast is designed to be a useful tool to help individuals and couples have happier and healthier relationships this podcast is not a substitute for individual or couples therapy and as always relationships need to be safe seek professional help as needed
1: Thank you for listening to the Crappy Mate Podcast. We invite you to submit comments, questions, and our concerns about today's podcast, or give us feedback on relationship topics you'd like to hear covered. We encourage you to try our helpful hints. Give these a go. Try them on. Try them on for size. Remember, you can follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages under the Crappy Mate Podcast. Our website is www.crappymate.com and please be sure to subscribe. Thank you for listening.